Hi, Tom Gelardi here, PE teacher and content creator of the Phys Ed Zone on YouTube with over 4 million views of at-home PE challenges, physical education warm-ups and brain breaks, as well as hundreds of tips for PE teachers found on TikTok. Just search Coach Gelardi. I want to thank Kevin for having this wonderful Championship Vision podcast where he interviews some of the best PE teachers and coaches from around the world. To all teachers, if you want to get inspired, check out the podcast and you'll find yourself improving your practices as early as today. Coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado again. And I'm so excited. Today we have a special, special moment. Today is episode, excuse me, podcast episode number 300. So we're so excited about this uh, great time in the Championship Vision podcast history, episode 300. Wow. So, hey, today we have a special treat. Today we have Coach Kyle Bragg. Kyle Bragg is a 2021 Shape America National Elementary PE Teacher of the Year. He is also a National Board Certified Teacher. Kyle serves as the Advocacy Chair for the Arizona Health and Physical Education Association. He received his bachelor's degree at Illinois State University and his master's degree from Nova Southeastern University. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Elementary PE. What does he do during the day? He is the K-5 PE teacher at Anasazi Elementary School in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I know he's getting plenty of sun out there. And um, hey, let's welcome Coach Kyle Bragg. All right, here we go, Coach. Hey, this is Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast. Kyle doesn't know this, but this is episode 300, Coach. Ooh, nice. So, pressure. Hey, a lot of pressure right there, man. Um, but this is uh, this is Coach Kyle Bragg. Um, Coach is going to tell you a little bit about uh, where, where he's working. Uh, he's one of the best K5P teachers in the country. He's going to share a little bit about himself in a second. Um, but he's the Shape National PE Teacher of the Year, which is a great, great honor. Um, I study him all the time on the uh, on Twitter and so forth, and he, he really is very impactful, not only to his kids, but to us coaches who are trying to get better as PE teachers. Coach Bragg, welcome to episode 300, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I was telling you, I was listening to Ben Landers and, and Thomas Gillardi the other night, so I'm uh, learn all the time and happy to share anything I can do. And I appreciate you know, having this podcast and giving us a platform to share uh, some quality physical education ideas. Absolutely. Hey, coach, um, this is part five of my, of my uh, PE rock series. And what I'm trying to do, man, I'm trying to pick the brain of the best PE teachers around the country. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you, I'm sure you were an athlete as a young kid, you're involved in sports and how did you get started and really loving K-5PE. Yeah, absolutely. My mom was a teacher. She actually taught at the university I went to, Illinois State University, and, and 
and discussed how impactful teachers can be and how she was so proud of herself every night, you know, inspiring our future. And so I kind of always wanted to be a teacher and I was kind of thinking about which, you know, what I would like to teach. And I'm, like I said, I was always, you know, pretty athletic, pretty skilled. And that's, you know, how I started as far as PE, but I think that's since changed quite a lot. I think I, I see a, a way, an avenue to impact students beyond just physical skills. We talk about social emotional learning and, and things that they're going to use the rest of their life, you know, problem solving and teamwork and things and how we can embed those within physical education. I think that's drastically changed. So I'm not, you know, doing it just because I'm you know, skilled at the sport anymore, but I think it's a great way to integrate certain um, skills that they're going to need, no matter if they're going to be a doctor, teacher, lawyer, you know, working fast food, doesn't matter. They're going to need to know how to have good teamwork and things and being open-minded. And so I think that's a, you know, why I'm passionate about PE today. Now, Kyle, I think you grew up in Illinois or you went to college in Illinois. Talk about that, how you, I'm really jealous of you that you live in Arizona, uh, you know, beautiful sun out there. Uh, but talk about like where you grew up and a um, little bit about your past a little bit as far as uh, yeah, yeah. your uh, your background. Yeah, so, you know, I've, I was a big golfer growing up, still am, but, uh, you know, I always had a dream to, you know, play Illinois State, play golf there and, you um, you know, I grew up watching their basketball teams and like I said, my mom went there. So you know, being the local kid, I always wanted to play there and you know, I didn't uh, get the invite right away. I had to actually call the coach over and over and over again and basically begged him to uh, allow me to be on a team. So I, I ended up walking on. Um, and then a couple years later, I um, ended up being all conference and all these things. So I'm, I'm kind of used to being told no. Um, you know, I've been Many people who know me, I know I've been cut uh, twice as far as a teacher. And, you know, I think it's uh, a great lesson to teach students too. like once they see what I've done, like tell them what I used to do and how I've used to been told no and how I didn't let that affect me and how I push forward, push through. And uh, I think that's, you know, since they've seen me, they've seen me be successful. But now once I share those stories, I think they kind of buy in a little bit more because, you know, sometimes they're, they fail. And, you know, we say you fail, everybody fails before they sail. And you know, how it's, you know, perseverance and never giving up attitude that we, we you know, promote and strive and strive to have in PE. So I think it's a great opportunity to kind of share my background with the kids and see that, you know, no one's perfect right away. It just takes practice and they appreciate that. Yeah, that's a great story right there. And, and um, I mean, for the material and the, and the, the great <laughs> concepts and resources you're putting out there, um, we all go through that battle. I think uh, it sounds like to me, man, you just have overcome and, and you really wanted to um, really master your craft, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's so important to find mentors and people you can you know collaborate with. And, you know, no one can do it all alone, especially I did I did national board certification and I, I there's no way I would have been able to you know pass on my own. So just find those people we were talking about before we got on, you know, reaching out on Twitter, you know, ask me a question, ask anybody. I've never had a person say no to help. So I think it's so important to have those people, you know, you know, to ask and uh, to learn from others. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here with the uh, podcast. So I appreciate it. Always trying to share and we're always trying to grow and make, and make the profession better. I had a great um, elementary PE teacher Kyle, back in the day. Now I'm pretty old. So, but back in the day, I still remember him. His name was Coach Roberts. And uh, he was the best. And, and I don't know if it was more the activities or he just connected with his students. I still remember him today. 
Um, and that's, I don't know, maybe that's why uh, I love the elementary PE is the connection with the students. Uh, did you have the same thing? Yeah, I didn't necessarily have the best uh, PE teachers growing up, but I did have other teachers that, you know, were able to connect with the kids, as you mentioned, and uh, you know, how they can basically get the kids to do anything. You know, if that, we, we talk about having those relationships first, obviously, those are so important. And, um, you know, I, I always talk about having kids be physically safe, but not not just physically safe, emotionally safe in PE and, and getting them to understand that, we're, you know, we're going to take risks, you know, we're here for each other, we're going to help each other. You know, Kevin, if you're really experienced at uh, basketball, I can learn from you in basketball. And then when we start dancing, I can help you in dancing. And we're all here to, to help each other. And that kind of gets people to, um, you know, reach out to others and ask for help and, you know, understand that no one's gonna be great right away. Everything takes practice. And um, if we can help each other, we're gonna, we're gonna get a lot more accomplished. So we have a lot of cooperative activities and a lot of, uh, you know, we, I call it beyond the game activities where they're learning uh, more than just a tag game, for example. Yeah, the social part is so important, I think. I, and I, I just from being around uh, the profession so long, I think there's a lot of teachers out there that do cater towards the athletes. And there's a lot of kids out there that um, maybe are, are kind of quiet, kind of reserved, uh, maybe not as athletic. Man, our, I always geared my PE classes to those kids. I know that sounds crazy. I wanted them to leave my class with a high five and a smile. Yeah, absolutely. I think I heard you and uh, Coach Delari talking about finishing every day with uh, a positive, and that's going to get them to come more. And that's not, uh, we don't give compliments about uh, how fast they are or, you know, how many uh, points they got. We give them on something that everyone's capable of doing, which levels the playing field and makes everyone feel comfortable in PE, like we talk about emotionally comfortable. And, and uh, you know, those athletes, they don't necessarily need <laughs> more of my help as far as physical skills anyways. They already kind of have it. So I'm kind of like, you know, focusing on those things that everyone can do and trying to build up everyone emotionally. Cause I feel like, you know, after COVID especially, everyone can use a little, little encouragement emotionally. And, 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 you know, once you have that culture established to where people understand, you know what, I'm gonna compliment on things on ev things that everyone can do. I feel like it's just, you know, people, no matter what their physical skills are, they love coming to PE and then you got them hooked. No doubt. And I know the elementary PE teachers, man, are, are um are rock stars. <laughs> I know that. Um, and I really miss it, to be honest with you. That's so much fun. Um, hey, we're going to go into some, we're going to brag about Kyle Bragg's great PE activities. So that's going to be actually the name of my, of the podcast here. Just for, I just want to tell you that. But hey, the first game here is thankful tag. Is that correct? Talk about yeah, that. I, yeah, I want to preface all these activities are usually from other people. Like we talk about, we, we steal everything as teachers and, uh, and we just kind of adapt them to make, maybe make it fit in your environment or fit with your situation as far as how many kids you have. But yeah, a lot of these are not my original ideas, but I, I think I've been so impactful with my, my students and maybe just tweaking things here and there. And, you know, don't feel, uh, don't feel like you have to play them exactly how someone creates it, right? That you can you know, edit it to meet your needs. Yeah. And I, I, I gotta be honest with you, Kyle. I, I love tag games uh, and kids love it. There's so many great tag games out there, man that are just um, creative and the kids absolutely love them. But tell me a little bit about this one. Yeah, so in Thankful Tag, very simple idea, just a regular tag game. But when they get tagged, they, um, first of all, we praise them for being honest. They come to me. Sometimes I have them come to like an injured student or something. So if they feel 
um, they can be involved as well, but they either come to me or an injured student and just, you know, say what they're thankful for. And then they get right back in the game. And uh, it's a great thing to do around Thanksgiving, even in the springtime, you know, review those, uh, you know, gratitude and social awareness. And, you know, maybe it's one of them said there's, he's thankful to have trees and for the shade and give us oxygen. And so they can't say the same thing twice and they have to keep on coming up with, uh, new things they're thankful for. And then I encourage them to, if they're thankful for their family, to go tell them at home, right? And then I actually post this on Class Dojo so students or so families can see exactly what we're doing. And then we, they can have further discussions about gratitude or whatever the concept might be. So um, we discuss how we are very blessed and how uh, we have a lot of things that some other schools don't. And we highlight those things, especially health and resources. And you know, if, if you don't talk about that, they, they won't know. So it's up to us to teach them those uh, aspects as far as being grateful for what we have. Yeah, so just a quick review. So when they're tagged, they have to come up to you and tell something that they're thankful for, correct? Yep, and for the, the younger kids, I usually have the starter, I am thankful for, I am grateful for. And, um, you know, it's tough for them in the kindergartens at first to say something, you know, something different each time. But, you know, I'll just say, look around, you see any trees, you see some friends, you know, just trying to cue them up to understand, you know, it could be something small, right? We, we talk about how we don't have to be thankful for, you know, the biggest possible things. It could be something like, hey, my friend let me go um, ahead of her in line. You know, it's something as simple as that. And then that kind of highlights the good things about your friend and how you want to hang out with those people more. Yeah, and that's what we're supposed to be doing, right, Kyle, at that age, man, is really teaching them, just teaching them character, man, teaching them courtesy. You know, uh, you're welcome. Thank you. You know, I mean, I'm not sure if we're doing enough of that these well, days. And, um, and so I used to be kind of frustrated that kids weren't showing the best manners in PE. And then I'm like, wait, maybe they've never been taught by their parents. I can't assume their parents are teaching them these things. So and I kind of took it upon myself to, to make sure I, you know, integrate the, these things as much as possible because you know, we could easily play a tag game like, you know, freeze tag. I mean, that's fine. But like, could we integrate some other things that would make the tag game more meaningful or you know, to add on to the, you know, uh, grade level outcomes as far as chasing and fleeing, maybe we can build it even higher. We call it, you know, going beyond the game, right? So that was from Jed Austin, and I think Justin Cahill as well. So I guess I don't want to give credit to where credit is due. Exactly on that. And even the best, Kyle Bragg, is stealing activities and adapting it. So I had somebody tell me, it says, you're not stealing, you're adapting, which I think is so true. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, this next one is line your manners. So I think that's kind of cool. It says kindness. It costs nothing, but means everything. Love and kindness are never wasted. Yeah. And th this is from Randy Spring. And I actually uh, presented this at our national conference uh, in New Orleans last month. So um, it's like the easiest game, but there's so it's so impactful for me. So basically, you know, can, you can imagine they're on the basketball court lines and you pick a locomotor, what, you know, skipping or galloping and they have to stay on those lines. So it's kind of like, you know, line tag, but it's not a tag game. It's once they see a person, once they intersect with someone, uh, we, we tell them all the steps. So they first stop and make eye contact or at least look in their general direction, um, greet them. So they don't know their name. They say, what's your name? Nice to meet you. Uh, hope, hope you're doing well. So we give examples like that. And then they um, play rock, paper, scissors. And if they win, they get out of the way and let the other person pass with a little hand motion. And then, um, so basically, you know, no one likes to lose, but if someone gets out of your way, out of their way, so you can go first, even if you lost, how good do you feel? And how good do you feel that you let the other person pass you, right? So 
know, we kind of connect it. We say, how many of your parents at stop signs, they'll actually wave someone to go first. I'm like, oh yeah, my mom does that. And you know, how good, yeah, how cool is that, right? To let someone else pass you. And then we practice in line, you know, you know, just having the hand motion instead of, you know, racing towards the line, we'll have people just kind of let other people go through. And it's, it's pretty cool, the um, impact you can make and you can adjust it this many ways. You can dribble a basketball on the lines. Um, we, I have them count how many different people they interacted with. So instead of always going to their best friend, um, you know, try to get every single person in the class. And that means you actually, uh, we talk about filling buckets, right? So we're trying to fill buckets of every single person in the class versus just our best friends, and especially the people that might not have as many friends. They're, those kids are smart enough to you know, know that. And maybe they want to make sure they hit them you know, first and uh, make sure they feel um, that they're showing that they're including everyone. So filling buckets with positivity, right? Absolutely. And just being like socially aware and like what's going on. Like if you win, like what could you do? You know, great game, nice to play with you and then let the other person pass. Um, it just means so much, but it, you know, it costs, like I said, costs nothing. It takes what, five seconds. And you know, that reminds me of like, let's say we see, you know, someone on the street that we don't know, you don't have to like, you know, let's say it's a homeless person. You have to run away from them. You can just smile and wave, right? It's like sometimes in a society, I think we're just like, you know, staying away from people just because, you know, the, maybe they're like the nicest person ever, right? Let's not judge. You can still wave at them, right? We don't need to pretend they don't exist. Everyone exists. Everyone's important. So just something I just thought about just now by watching this video. Yeah. And so you teach them so many good values, man. And what I'm hoping is I, I look at you're competing, you are cooperating, mm -hmm. and you're being courteous. I mean, the three C's, man. I I love that. Um, why shouldn't we do more of that in youth competitive sports? I think that's a big problem we have in youth sports. That's a whole nother podcast, Kyle. But um, I mean, you're you're um, you're really teaching them great values. That's that's a good point. Um, that's actually, you know, one of the reasons why I actually um, prefer teaching uh, in the schools versus coaching. I think. Sometimes as coaches and in and, and sports in general, they care so much about winning that there's just so much pressure to win. And then it's, it's maybe a little bit tougher to uh, teach these, you know, life. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say. I, I, I see people, you know, caring about winning a lot in sports and then caring about cooperative stuff. Like I, I, I care about, I just like PE is a great opportunity to where everyone will understand the value of cooperation teamwork. Whereas, whereas coaches, you can attest to that better than I can as far as, Maybe if I, if you think that winning is everything and I don't like, maybe, I don't know, maybe you can talk about uh, coaching versus teaching and like, you know, maybe the mindset difference. That's, a, that's, a, you know, what's funny is I actually, I did both um, last year and um, it's different. I mean, it's not, we still had a lot of competitive games. Uh, ben Landers. I mean, I, I, I owe Ben Landers so much, man. He has some great creative games. We competed but you know what? At the end, we had our high five line at the end and we said, mm -hmm. good game, good game, good game. So we always tried to teach them values and we always try to have them remember what the essence of the game is. It's not always about win and lose. Um, and I, I try to do that with my team, but I think I'm probably as guilty as anybody. You know, we try to compete probably too much without teaching values. Yeah, speaking of him, though, I, every every time we play anything, before we play, we look at his poster and say, we repeat, repeat, you know, it's just a game. After all, it's just a game. And and do by doing that proactively before it starts, they first of all understand that, you know what, 
let's just have fun and somebody's going to tag you eventually right it's called it's literally called tag so don't you think you're eventually going to get tagged so let's not act like we're not going to get tagged we will so once it happens you can say something like awesome tag rather than oh my gosh i always get tagged you know yeah and that's part of your your core values and your and i definitely had the poster up all the time so mm -hmm. i definitely agree with you right there kyle on that it's just emphasizing that every day then um when something happens you always go back to those values right <laughs> yeah and then and then you know kids will kind of pick up on what you're wanting and what you highlight so if i let's say you kevin praise will uh you, you might have said oh you know i like how your head's up when you dribble will and then i'll praise kevin for giving a compliment to someone else we call it praise the praiser so eventually you have other kids wow. leading your class as far as um, giving praise uh because it feels good but also that's what the teacher's highlighting. So I feel like we are in full control of what we, how we want the class to, to go and what we praise and discuss, whether it's in a reflection question or, you know, I could have the reflection question be, you know, who won or something ridiculous like that. Or we talk about what was your favorite thing your opponent did to make it more fun? Or, you know, what, you know, what characteristic did your teammate do to make you feel, feel part of the team or something like that? So I think building in, uh, you know, important reflection questions to where, they're going to understand that everyone has, you know, an important part of the, uh, is important has an important role. The folks from the positives that were, you know, compared to who's winning or something that's, you know, not everyone's capable of winning in that game, maybe, you know, so. That's so true. And, and it's not like the kids in that instance did not compete as hard as they can. They did, but they're also learning the, the sportsmanship and all that, which I think, I just think we've totally forget about I think we can apply the PE uh, lessons that we teach in PE to competitive sports. I think that's our next realm we need to go into, Kyle, because uh, I think it's so needed in our society. There's so many bad situations. Hey, I'm looking at here. Uh, you want me to go to teacher assistance? Yeah, yeah. I'll just briefly touch on that. I mean, one of yeah. the ways to give students uh, leadership opportunities is is you know we have fifth grade come in and help kindergartners do long rope i mean it's as simple as communicating nice. with teachers uh is in fifth grade getting kids that want to help and then it's such a great feeling for the fifth grade but but also allows every kindergarten to be successful because now they don't have to wait in line with me turning it the whole time right so just you know finding ways that people can be leaders in other classes like these fifth graders gave up their recess to help out these kindergartners and you know so we of course thank them but we asked the fifth graders how that felt that you you know went above and beyond helping someone else when you could have been selfish not selfish but if you could have been just thinking about okay let's have recess but just a quick little tip as far as you know you know building that culture and allowing people to you know help each other and and don't forget about it talk about how they felt when they helped them um you can't just assume that they know you have to actually teach these skills like you have to actually reflect on these things i see a lot of teachers just skipping from one activity to the next and then they have no you know, students have no idea why they're doing any of it and um, they're, it's not as powerful. So I think just reflecting, take a couple of moments to talk about, you know, how that, you know, impacted both sides, right? It's a win-win. Everyone feels good. Kindergarten jumped way more times and, and fifth grade helped. So. God, I love that. And uh, I believe in this theory and I know you do too, because this is what you're doing in your classes. You don't learn until you teach. Yeah, and it just it, exactly. And don't you think those fifth graders are becoming better as well by the repeating those cues, right? If you're able to teach it, that's a great way to um, get those cues in your head longer, so you'll actually understand it even more, right? So, Kevin, if you're teaching me how to shoot free throws and you're repeating, 
you know, how to, you know, hold the, the elbow inside, you're repeating it, which is going to help me, but you're going to remember the cue even more now. And then other people are going to hear that too. So it's helping everybody. Yeah, I totally agree, coach, on that. I, and this is, uh, and I, I try to do a lot of this with um, my players when they work with the younger kids. And I actually try to do a lot of this within my team. I have my seniors work with my freshmen. Um, exactly. And, yes, and I love that. I mean, I just, I just totally believe that, man. I just, because I want my players to really know it uh, without me telling them everything. Uh, but I really love that idea right there, coach. And, and um, couldn't you also, you know, I'm sure there's something freshmen could teach the seniors, right? I'm sure, you yeah. know, what if I say a, fifth, uh, a five-year-old kindergartner, I loved how you accepted that feedback instead of thinking you know everything, right? So it's not just helping the kindergartners. Maybe the fifth graders want to be more, um, you know, open-minded as far as listening to feedback. Because let's be honest, some older kids, they think, especially athletes, they think they know everything, right? Mm -hmm. So if you praise the open-mindedness and be willing to try new ways of learning, I think it's not just helpful for you know, the five-year-old, I think the fifth graders can actually learn some of those important concepts as well, as long as you highlight those, right? That's a great, that's a great term or word, open-mindedness. I don't think that's, that's, that, that's a great concept to teach. I really love that on that. That's really needed. Um, all right, coach, uh, what do I have here next? I have, um, talk about this, the one I have right here. It's not, oh, Toys for Tots. Toys for Tots. Um, there's lots of ways to play. This is around the holidays, of course, but uh, students were basically um, literally practicing lifting their partner up, right? So we talk about how good it feels to help someone up when they fall down. So, um, And now since they practice this, if ever they see um, someone in the on the floor later, they've already practiced helping someone up. They know how good it feels and they know how helpful it is to get them to play again, right? So um, they're doing some exercises on the floor and these are, we call them basic crunchers or basic crushers or you know twists or whatever so they're helping the partner up and then they get a turn but what they're grabbing is one beanbag at a time and they're pretending that the beanbags they grab are toys from their house and they bring um that toy back to their bucket and then the, and the buckets are all delivered to people that don't have any toys so we're talking about how lucky we are to have toys and how people don't have them and so we're we're trying so hard to get as many toys as possible not to win but to get more of uh, to get more people impacted and to share the toys around the world. And it's it's just a really cool way. It's a great relay. You know, it's gets people active, um, helps them practice picking people up. It also helps them understand that, you know, some people don't have food or toys or whatever the case is. And we do the same thing. We uh, we call it um, special delivery tag. Basically, you know, you if you get tagged, you go get to uh, deliver the food to the homeless. And then, you know, so we're how many how many tags can you get? How many food, how much food can you deliver? So always trying to constantly think about um, how lucky we are and how we want to share what we have with the people that might not have any. Yeah, you're really teaching it in kind of a different way, community service, right? Yeah, and it is so cool to hear the parent. And like I said, we share this in Dojo. So parents are well aware of what's going on and then they can have further discussions about that. And then it's so cool to, you know, hear them, whether it's their parents or them, like, hey, I I found a couple of toys I don't actually use anymore and I actually delivered them uh, to Toys for Tots or whatever the, the company is that collects toys. And um, it's so, and then there's nothing more rewarding as a teacher to have them practice, you know, what they've learned at PE beyond it. And um, I'm way happier than, you know, hearing that and how uh, they share some of their food than I am with, you know, how, how many races they ran or how many, you know, points they scored in basketball and, 
things like that. Yeah, and you know they're going home. One thing about elementary kids, they're all about the truth. And they're going home and they're sharing their ideas, right? So it could, um, so I'm, I think with probably you, it's probably a lot of great things they're doing in PE and so forth. And I, I just love that concept. I was looking, I was going, man, those kids, they, I mean, they're not, they're, they're, they're competing, but in more of a cooperative manner. But I see a lot of smiles on them. And mm -hmm. um, I just love the body language of the kids and so forth and how they are interacting with each other. That's a, that's a great activity right there, Kyle. Thank you. And, and uh, you know, what you said about body language, that's something that needs to be taught too. So I have these levels, it's called partner acceptance levels and some of you know about them, but uh, they're from Barb Borden and Sarah Wood. And basically um, there's four levels. And if you, Kevin, see that you're uh, my partner, we practice smiling when you see who your partner is and that's level three. And then even a cheer would be level four. So how would you feel, Kevin, if you found your partner to be me and then I cheered for you when I saw that you're my partner, right? So how excited are you gonna to be to work with me? So that body language is super important as far as teaching them how to do it and how impactful it is. Um, and then, um, so that's kind of that social awareness, part, right? You know, or self-awareness, I guess, you know, what do I look like when, you know, what do people see from me? And how is that gonna impact their confidence level and things like that? Yeah, absolutely, coach. And I, um, I'm kind of looking here, I'm going, um... I mean, you're, you're teaching like so many great values on that. And I think we, we owe this to our students to teach probably more character than anything else. I think we get caught up in the physical fitness test and all the, all those tests. And it's like, I, I'm not a big believer in the PE test. Please tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I think there's a lot of issues with that. Uh, so I think a lot of kids leave those tests with um, almost like poor or uh, images of themselves. What do you think about that really quick? Speaking of, no, yeah, that might be a whole podcast in itself, but um, I think it depends on how you teach it. I'm not a fan of fitness tests by any means, but there are ways that we have done it that where, um, you know, you can reflect on it, you can see the progress, you know, let's say it's the pacer test. Um, I set it up in a way that, you know what, pacers are great, a great chance to show what you can do as far as mental toughness, keep on going, right? And then you know, that kind of thing and seeing the progress, but you know, that it depends on what you're highlighting, right? If you're highlighting only people that uh, win or the most, then, you know, it's going to obviously trickle down as far as the, uh, the culture and things. So you want to obviously highlight things that are uh, cap everyone's capable of doing, um, whether it's uh, having a good attitude or uh, maybe, maybe counting fairly. Like let's say they had a, a the Pacer score 58 um, and they, they said 58 instead of, pretending like they got 59, right? You can highlight that. Just thanks for telling the truth. Like if we're playing sharks and minnows and somebody gets tagged a foot before they get to the safe zone, stop the class and highlight that. That is huge, right? I mean, then everyone will start telling the truth, right? So it depends on how you do it and, and how you run it. But uh, I think, you know, that, yeah, that's a, that's a bigger discussion for another day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's get right into, I, I saw this, um, I, I saw this and I really like it. I love how, um, sometimes we forget we need to be a little bit more descriptive and we need to assume that kids really don't know things. Uh, mm -hmm. How you decide where to put the fingers in the, on uh, the bowl, in the bowling ball. A lot of times, I mean, I know I did not do this. Uh, I tried to teach them, but this is a great, this is a great teaching mode right here, Kyle. Yeah, I got this from Tanner Rose and it's, you know, we call the wolf. So they put their ears up and there's a picture of them uh, knowing exactly where to put their fingers. And now, you know, I've, 
I've taught volume for a while and I've only done this for a couple of years and wow, has it made a big difference? Not just, you know, how to hold it, but all the success, also the success rate, right? If you're not holding the ball correctly, it's really hard to be good. Really hard to be good. <laughs> so um, it's making them feel better, right? And then you, we've, we've taught their partners how to help as well. So they're constantly checking on their partner and, and giving good feedback. And uh, so we're teaching them how to get feedback and how to, you know, as many visuals as we can, uh, whether they're posters as far as it's just a game or whether they're visuals on how to skip or visuals on how to hold the bowling ball. But uh, most kids are visual or kinesthetic learners. So they're going to see it and it's really, really going to help them figure out how to be, how to be successful, whatever we're doing. Now it says here, love the visual. We say rock star fingers. This is another response and so forth to that. Yeah. Um, are you very, um, I like to give a lot of uh, like acronyms and visual words to my students on that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, we do that. That's personal preference. I think, um, I think uh, Ben Landers was saying, and I do the same thing. We, we try to make it as simple as possible and, and, you know, swing, step, roll or swing, step, throw. And that way they can make connections between rolling and underhand tossing. So um, that more consistency, consistency, I think helps them remember and retain things. Um, but yeah, simple rhymes are really good. Um, Kevin Tiller on his website has a bunch of rhymes with pretty much every skill. Um, you know, we say bowling would say, uh, when it's low, let it go. <laughs> Just like random stuff like that. And, uh, and also we start with pretend equipment too, with pretty much every skill that we do. So, you know, we did a four step approach today for bowling with our fifth grade and we did it with a pretend ball and we had our partner grade them as far as balance. And did they do all four steps? And then once they had that, um, correct, then we could use the ball, right? So I think pretend equipment and important cues and visuals can definitely help um, get them to be successful long-term. Kyle, do you, uh, and I, I know we only have a few more minutes left, but uh, the teaching cues, you that's a sign of a master teacher, in my opinion, on that. Um, I think a lot of teachers and coaches talk too much. Um, quick visual cues. I mean, what, what's your philosophy on that? I could not agree more with that. Um, especially with K1. I feel like if I'm talking more than 20 seconds, I mean, so it's just too much, right? And and that's why gifts are so important. I use gifts every single day. So they come in, let's say we're doing four stations. I have a couple cues up there as far as words, but mostly it's just the gift. Um, let's say we're doing, you know, catching, there's a person catching over there. And sometimes I have my kids in the gift, right? So if they're awesome, if they're working hard, I might have a, I might create a gift with them. Um, and if we're dribbling basketball, I'll just have that on the board. And there's no need to explain much of anything. Kids can see it in two seconds. Right. At least attempt it, right? So I, I totally agree with you. And make them short and sweet as far as cues, but also have those visuals on the board. And not just the pictures, if possible. The gifts are, are so much more valuable because they can, you know, it's repeated. It's basically like a second or third teacher. And now I can go around giving individualized feedback based on what I see. Um, and while they can still have that, um, you know, visual that they can constantly reference if they need it. Talk about teachers who are not familiar with using gifts. Uh, I mean, obviously you can steal them. They're all over the PE realm. You can steal them. Um, but also how can you do it yourself uh, and so forth? Uh, kind of teach that. Yeah. First I would say uh, Becky and Mark Fulmer's website. It's uh, if we maybe can link this to the bottom, it's cbhpe.org and cbhpe.org and they have a gift for i think every single skill in the pe world <laughs> so if you right. don't want to create it which i don't necessarily if i have time <laughs> maybe i'll create one of my students but uh i just pull from her website and his website so uh, but if you want to make it yourself you just download an app they're free on your phone it's called uh, i have image play image play 
there's like gift maker and things like that, but uh, it's very simple and you just follow the rules, but you basically just take a video um, and then it condenses down to a GIF once you place it in the GIF maker um, app, but uh, they're free and they're, um, they're very, very helpful as far as getting kids to um, stay active. And now they don't have to ask you, okay, what do we do next? Well, look at level two. What's level two gifts you say, you know? So it's a great way to uh, monitor their progress, right? So let's say you have, you know, four gifts of dribbling and you have four levels that you can kind of see their progress, but also they're always appropriately challenged. We call it the Goldilocks zone that I learned from Jorge Rodriguez. So they're always, they never have to say, hey, um, Mr. Bragg, what do we do next? Well, you know, and once you get to all four, they maybe do the, you know, all four with the non-dominant hand, right? So there's always a challenge they can do. Um, and then that allows you to, one, not be annoyed with, what do I do next? What do I do next? Uh, but also be able to give individualized feedback walking around. So I think visuals have changed my teaching completely and uh, really made me talk a lot less and in, in turn, give them a lot more activities. There. But by having that constant uh, visual, they're, they're constantly observing and learning as they do it, right? Which is probably more important than verbal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I actually praise people. I say, Kingston, I love how you're just double checking the video before you roll, just to make sure we talk about practice swings, right? So we'll swing, right. we'll swing step roll, but instead of rolling, we'll just hold on to it, right? And you know, let's say you're waiting for your partner to uh, to pick up all the pins. You can, you know, do a couple of practice swings, right? Or if we're shooting a basket, uh, basketball and your partner's shooting at that moment, you can watch them and cheer them on, but you can also flick that wrist and you know, follow through and giraffe neck and all that kind of stuff. And right. um, that allows them to get more practice, even when it's not necessarily their turn. So they're waiting and having that good skill. I think they need to be taught how to wait but also how to kind of maximize that time as far as you know, doing things that might actually help you when it's your turn. And basically you want them to be their best teacher, right? I mean. Yeah. So, you know, if you can, <laughs> if you can teach, if you can teach students how to teach um, themselves and other, other students, it makes your job way, um, I don't say easier, but um, it makes it to where it's more student centered versus teacher centered. Right. So if you can put the ownership on them, um, to basically create um, awesome, you know, whatever skill you're working on, awesome shooters, awesome dribblers, because they're, let's go back to the being socially aware though. If you see someone that needs help and you go up to them and help them, that shows that you're aware of what's going on. And then maybe they'll help you in dancing or whatever you're not as experienced with. I, I give the example all the time. I say, Mrs. Moore, she helps me out in art. I barely know my primary colors. And all the kids are like, what, really? I'm like, yeah, I need help. You know, and Mrs. Moore helps me. <laughs> And then I help her with, you know, dancing, whatever the case may be. So they're like, oh, adults don't know everything. No, we don't. <laughs> and sometimes we'll do jump rope and I'll mess up on purpose. And I'll say, you know what? Who can help me out? I totally forgot where my elbows go. And then they think it's the coolest thing. Oh, Mr. Bragg, elbows go in, you know? So <laughs> around with them too. And, you know, help, you know, getting them to be that, be that leader and be that role model. And, and they, that confidence just skyrockets to where, you know, now let's say they felt, somewhat confident well they just knew where the elbows go i is a little test there and since they knew that i praise that and then they're showing it because they have more confidence and they can all of a sudden do more and more and more because we set up a way for them to get that confidence by asking that question yeah that's really cool right there you said a lot right there man that, that i think uh teachers at any level uh can utilize i think the best i think the best coaches the best teachers have to be elementary in their approach. I know that sounds crazy, Kyle, but um, you got to be very basic. I don't think a lot of times, I think we, as we get older, we think we have to be more complex, but sometimes it's just being very 
basic in our approach to teaching. Um, I, I know that I just kind of, I went off on that one, but I think it's so important, particularly in teaching kids skills. Yeah, I totally agree as far as keeping everything simple. Um, I know earlier on in my career, maybe third, fourth year, I would try to make this like awesome activity that, you know, it's so creative. And then all of a sudden they don't know how to do it at all. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, is the, the goal of this lesson to make the best game or is it to help the kids do the skill the best, right? Yes, you want to make it fun, but you also you want to make it to where, you know, anyone can understand it, right? So if only your, your very skilled uh, students can understand it or, you know, the most gifted as far as knowledgeable, if they can only understand it, um, it's not worth playing because like I said, you're, <laughs> you should set up lessons that everyone can be successful. And if you're making it so complex, it's, you know, it's not worth, in my opinion, it's not even worth it. Yeah, I totally agree, coach. Hey, before you go, um, my best, uh, my, my favorite activity to teach is Ben Lander's hula hut knockdown. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I mean, I'm guilty of that. Um, but what is, what is coach Bragg's favorite game fun activity for the kids they go man we're all right they get fired up um that's a tough one they we ask him that at the end of the year we do ask him that and uh, a kid told me today they really like uh, he really likes secret agent tag and that is where um, i got it from phys ed games um so they all close their eyes put their head down and i tap them once if they're going to be a tagger and no one's looking and if they get tapped twice they're a secret agent and then, so they're, you know, at first when they start, everybody's looking around, okay, who's going to do what, who's tagging who, and then they're communicating with each other, oh, Mr. Bro you know, Tristan's a tagger, and then everyone gets away from Tristan, and then they try to, like, you know, the secret agents are, like, you know, secretively trying to touch the shoulders to help people get back up again, so the round is basically over when they tag all the secret agents, so they have to figure out who the secret agents are, who the taggers are, and um, they absolutely love it, and also any any flag tag game, they seem to be very much into. We do yeah. the champion, champions and challengers version. So basically they pull a flag, go to the champion side um, and try to see how long they can be at the champion side. And if they get a goal, they go back to the challenger side. So anything like that. Um, also, we call it noodle duel. One, one last quick one. They both have these half noodles and they're trying to, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one hit um, the feet of the opponent. It obviously works on like reaction time, agility. Um, and once they win, they get to go to the champion side too. So um, anything that is somewhat competitive, but in a fun way to where we're still, you know, um, saying good game, nice play with you. Um, but yeah, those are three come to mind right away or after that. One word for elementary PE, F-U-N, fun. Yes. Yes. Fun, man, that's, that's how the kids want, man. And there's, there's many different ways that you can do that. And I, I know you're the master of that. Um, uh, but man, Kyle, I really appreciate it. Um, I, I do want to ask you about rock, paper, scissor, because this is one of my philosophies on kids figuring out, um, arguments. Cause I think there's, there's, I think we owe it to the kids to teach them how to solve their own issues. Um, and everything in my PE classes was rock, paper, scissor. Mm -hmm. so it was an argument. I never, I never, unless it was really bad. Um, and then, you know, they would have to go and, and sit down and, and work things out at, at a desk. And, uh, then I would jump in, but, um, rock, paper, scissors, figure it out. If you win, then, you know, Hey, that's the person who, um, uh, will make that decision for that, that, uh, discussion. Yeah, we'll totally agree. And then what, what I do is I praise them for doing that. Right. So if they're, um, 
aware enough to understand, you know what, let's play rock, paper, scissors to solve this quickly. I'll praise them. Other people will hear that, then they'll do a rock, paper, scissors, you know, when they need it. Um, so it's not a bad thing. It's actually a great thing because, you know, we talk about if you're if you're yelling or you're arguing, like, who, is anyone having fun? Is anyone actually playing the game? Does any, anything actually happen as far as a solution? No, no, no. So rock, paper, scissors, it's uh, quick, efficient, and uh, like I said, like you talked about earlier, the students are in control and I can kind of, you know, let them, to, you know, give them opportunities to practice problem solving because I, I tell them I'm not going to be there all along uh, or all the time at recess. I'm not going to be there. So they got to solve their own problems. Another thing really quick is that I think is really, really important. I teach students if if Kevin's doing something wrong, he does not need to know. He, he We're not saying the word can't. We're not saying any negative things. He needs to know one thing that he should be doing. So let's say, um, here's the one I hear all the time. Um, they used to hear all the time before I taught it, um, you can't puppy guard. So my students are not allowed to say that. They right. can only say things that are in a positive way. Hey, can you please give me space? And once you say in a helpful way, positive way, no one raises their voice. No one's mad because they're more of a helpful friend versus a boss. And your job is not to boss someone around. If you want to help them, um, let's say they're in front of the line. Hey, can you please be behind this green line? Because once you start saying, you can't go in front of the line, then there's an argument, right? So we're teaching students, think, you know, instead of, I give the example, stop running or please walk. Which one sounds better to you? So right. it, you have to do it. You know, I could tell you a million things, Kevin, not to do. Don't spit. Don't jump over the fence. Don't get in, you know, just random things. They don't need to know 400 things not to do. They need to know the one thing they should do. And the one thing they should do is stay behind the green line. I love that. Great advice, Coach. Uh, what to do, not what not to do. Uh, exactly. I think a lot of people need to know that. That's great. And I and I know Coach Spring. I love Randy Spring. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of great things with his sure. the management, the protocol, man. That guy is so good, man. Um, hey, hey, but uh, I know there's a lot of great PE teachers out there, but I just want to brag on Kyle Bragg here, man. Uh, great. Thanks for taking the time out to come out and, and share with me and share with us uh, PE coaches and, and coaches. So thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Thanks again. And like I said, if, if anyone has more questions, don't hesitate to reach out on Twitter or anything. And I'm happy to help and not just help, but I want to learn from you as well. Love to collaborate. How can they re how can they uh, get a hold of you really quick, Kyle? Yeah, so at Twitter, easy uh, easiest way is at, um, at E-L-E-M-P-E-1. So at E-L-E-M-P-E-1. PE one, and I would happy to uh, I'd be happy to help, but also collaborate and and learn from you guys as well. Stronger together. Love it, love it. Thanks, Coach. All right, All right. take care now. Enjoy the weather out there, man. Yes, will do. Thanks, Kevin. Do you want to be a better coach? Georgia Southern University can help. We offer a fully online master's in kinesiology created by coaches for working coaches. Our full time faculty combines for over one hundred years of coaching experience. Georgia Southern's program is nationally accredited, so you know you are getting quality. We pioneered fully online programs over a decade ago and have had students from 27 states and multiple countries. No matter where you are in the world, Georgia Southern University can help. There is no GRE requirement, and it only takes 14 months to complete. You start classes in May and finish the following July. We have coaches just starting out to veteran coaches of over 30-plus years. So no matter where you are on your coaching journey, Georgia Southern can help. Follow us at GS Coach Ed or look us up.
and Georgia Southern can help you be a better coach fully online. What's up, friends? It's Ben Landers, and I'm the founder of a website called thepspecialist.com. I want to say thanks to Kevin for letting us sponsor this episode, and also just for the great podcast that he puts out on the regular for PE teachers. The episode is sponsored by the PE Specialist Membership. If you're not familiar with it, it's an awesome program with ready-to-go printable unit plans, lesson plans, tutorial videos, e-courses, printable posters, and station signs, and you can even get certificates of completion to help you finish your teaching certificate. We've also got some awesome follow the leader videos and some animated GIF slideshows to give your kids some awesome visuals and show them how to do different skills like jump rope, paddle skills, soccer, ball handling, basketball. I hope you check it out at thepespecialist.com slash info. You can check that page out for more information. Once again, thepespecialist.com slash info. Kevin, and have an awesome day.